John Barr, we are starting the story about the increasingly murky waters of college sports with someone named Nigel Pack. Who is Nigel Pack? Well, Nigel Pack was one of the most sought-after basketball players in the transfer portal. Nigel Pack rises. Pack hits it! Nigel Pack, you are absurd! He was a point guard at Kansas State. And he announced in April that he had committed to the University of Miami. Now, his announcement came a few minutes after Miami businessman John Ruiz tweeted out that his company, LifeWallet, had entered into an NIL deal with Nigel Pack, totaling $400,000 a year for two years, plus a new car. Mm. So $800,000 total, plus a car. Now, John, I understand that Nigel Pack had other offers from, like, top-flight schools across the country, but I consider myself a basketball nerd of sorts. I did not know that Nigel Pack, that a Nigel Pack, was going to go and get $800,000 and a car. I don't think anybody thought Nigel Pack was going to get $800,000 and a new car. I don't know that Nigel Pack thought he was going to get $800,000 and a new car. But yeah, he was sought after by schools like Tennessee, like Purdue, like Duke. But ultimately, he settled with the Hurricanes. And look, you know, it, it raised questions. Was this NIL deal what influenced him? Now, the NCAA doesn't have many guidelines But one of the guidelines it has states clearly that you can't use an NIL deal to entice a player to transfer to your school or to commit to your school out of high school. And Ruiz insists that didn't happen here. Nigel Pack insists it didn't happen here. The deal did not precede the commitment, they both say. The NCAA has looked into it, and uh, as far as we know, it's on the up and up. All of which suggests that this whole, like, new world order of name, image, and likeness, John, we're finally, we're getting some, like, on-the-record capitalism being sent towards the athletes in terms of them actually getting paid something. It suggests that this world is not exactly um, simple to understand. No, and John Ruiz has certainly been one of the more visible vocal public faces of this new NIL world we're living in. And, you know, look, it it was his intention to put out there the terms of his deal with Nigel Pack. He wanted the world to know. And we asked him why. Why be so public about the terms of the deal? It was strategic, completely strategic. The very reason why people are asking why did you do it is the very reason why it was so successful. Uh, Right now, we're over 6 million uh, views on just that one tweet alone. And so just by announcing the terms of the deal and raising eyebrows, he managed to get, by extension, attention to his company LifeWallet. It was all by design, he says. It was all by design. And the implication here in terms of what NIL is in practical terms, John, is what? Well, I think what NIL is, is is just sort of this murky world we're all in where you can fairly raise the question, does Nigel Pack, a relative unknown to those who don't follow college basketball closely, does he really bring $400,000 in annual marketing value to a company like LifeWallet? Well, John Ruiz insists that he does. 
but you could fairly raise the question, does he? <laughs> you know, <laughs> it, it, in other words, is this just a sham deal to get a talented basketball player to play at the school you want him to play at? Ruiz, who loves the University of Miami, went to the school, sent all three of his kids there. Uh, he says that, no, this is part of a very calculated marketing strategy that they've decided to use these athletes as a, as a means to market their business. And he would argue that he is getting the value uh, just through the hubbub of the terms of the deal alone. So John Ruiz represents both the promise of this new NIL world we're living in and the pitfalls where you can fairly question whether these deals are just designed to lure athletes to a specific school. The promise of the name Image and Likeness Revolution is staggering, right? After roughly a century of financial exploitation, of being unable to make any money, while coaches and administrators and broadcasters and TV companies all sucked up more than their fair share, college athletes can finally get paid something on the record by selling themselves. But if you want to understand the limits of NIL or the lack thereof, you really need to understand a different brand of player, John Ruiz. So today, John Barr introduces us to the Miami area billionaire who has been openly bankrolling 115 college athletes at last count and single-handedly put the University of Miami at the vanguard of a very messy revolution. I'm Pablo Torre. It's Thursday, August 18th. This is ESPN Daily. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home some huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. So, John, I want to get back to the person who is writing all of these checks, these many, many visible checks. Who is John Ruiz here? Well, John Ruiz is 55. Uh, he's the son of Cuban immigrants. His mom and dad immigrated to the United States from Cuba through Spain. His dad grew up very humble beginnings, uh, taught himself English by reading Reader's Digest, had a number of jobs, worked in the fields, had his young son out there at his early ages spraying crops. Uh, and, and look, he's a great American success story. He, he made a name for himself in the living rooms in South Florida 
Uh, as a personal injury attorney, uh, he once hosted a Spanish-speaking show where he dispensed financial advice. Uh, <laughs> John, he, I mean, John, you're describing the Miami dream in a certain sense. Well, well, he really is an American success story. You know, he he's a self-made guy, and he became quite wealthy. He uh, won a number of huge class action settlements as a mass tort attorney. You know, he graduated from the University of Miami in 1987. He sent his three kids there, all of whom were involved in some way or another with athletics. Uh, His son, Johnny, was a middle infielder for the Hurricanes. Alex also played baseball at Miami. His daughter, Christy, was on the dance team. He really uh, made it to the big time earlier this year. He turned his millions into billions when his biggest business venture, MSP Recovery, went public through a SPAC deal, uh, initially Ruiz, by virtue of the valuation of that SPAC deal, uh, had an estimated net worth in the neighborhood of $23 billion. Mm. But then MSP stock plummeted, and so too did his net worth. Uh, but he is still a billionaire, and he is more than willing to support his alma mater, the University of Miami. So, John, you're describing the son of South Florida who becomes a magnate in South Florida, this guy who has fingers in all sorts of financial pies, as you just described. So, in other words, he's a very proud Miami booster. Yes, but he takes exception with the term booster. He doesn't like to be (laughs) characterized as a booster. I also have a problem with people calling me a booster because I'm not a booster if I'm promoting my business. You're a booster of all you're doing is promoting the university or promoting its athletics. I'm promoting my business while at the same time, you know, getting deals with these players as it pertains to the name, image, and likeness. The reality is he's both. He's both a booster and a businessman who's engaging in these NIL deals with uh, athletes, primarily athletes who attend the University of Miami. So, John, the distinction he is trying to draw as clearly as he can for us here is that his overriding interest is not promotion of the University of Miami. It's the promotion of his business. Yes, that's exactly what he's trying to say. And we should also mention that Ruiz owns the cigarette racing series. That's another one of his business holdings. <laughs> uh, but it's it's the company Life Wallet that has been the main driver of these NIL deals. Yeah, what is Life Wallet, John? Because I've never heard of it outside of this context before. Life Wallet is an app that was created several years ago to organize users' medical data and their, their medical records. It's a pretty cool idea, actually, uh, using facial recognition software even somebody that is incapacitated, if, if somebody had access to their phone, first responder or uh, an emergency room physician would be able to access that individual's medical records using their phone. So it's an interesting concept. And Ruiz and his business associates told us that when they were sitting around thinking about what they had as far as a marketing budget to market LifeWallet, they decided on the number 10 million bucks. Mm. And they thought that the best bang for their buck would be to market the company using these athletes, primarily athletes at the University of Miami, also athletes that, like Nigel Pack, who transferred to the University of Miami. And there have been athletes that have uh, engaged in NIL deals attending other schools like Florida International and NC State, 
but primarily it's with athletes attending Ruiz's alma mater, the University of Miami. What is the financial pie of this whole dynamic look like in terms of Miami versus non-Miami athletes? John Ruiz and his associates told us that they've engaged in NIL deals with 115 athletes. More than 100 of those athletes attend the University of Miami. Yeah, I got to say, John, that does feel like it kind of undercuts his I am not a Miami booster whole thing. Well, look, the point he would also make is a lot of these deals involve shooting commercials for Life Wallet, and those athletes have to be physically present in Miami to do it. Mm. Uh, that you know they have studios there that's where their production facility is located and so just through logistics alone uh they they would argue it makes the most sense to market their business through Miami athletes now look he's not quiet about his love of the University of Miami right you know right. he gave 2 million dollars to the baseball program earlier this year uh, you know both his sons played baseball at Miami And again, he's talking about building a privately funded football stadium for the school at a yet-to-be-determined location. So he's not shy about uh, telling you about his support for the University of Miami. What do you say to people who are uncomfortable with the idea that one wealthy businessman can alter the fortunes of an athletic department? I don't think it's fair to say that one wealthy individual is changing a program. I think what is fair to say is that one individual that happens to be in Miami, that happened to go to the University of Miami, that loves the University of Miami and their athletics, has come up with a strategy that's legal, that's transparent, that gives back to the schools, to the students, to academics, to life. That, I think, is very positive. And so this needle that John Ruiz is definitionally trying to thread here, I'm curious what value that distinction has to the NCAA, John, the organization ostensibly responsible for maintaining the lines here, for making sure there are bright dividers between what's okay and what's not. Do they care about this as the rules are concerned? Well, they absolutely care. The NCAA actually went to Miami in June and launched uh, what's been termed an inquiry into Ruiz's deals with more than 100 Miami athletes. Now, Ruiz insists that he was open and transparent uh, with the investigators who traveled to Miami. We asked the NCAA if it wanted to comment about those meetings. It did not. It would not. Uh, we also tried to get a comment from the athletic director, the head football coach, and the head basketball coach at the University of Miami, and they they would not speak with us outside of providing a, a fairly generic statement. Uh, but look, we, we asked Ruiz whether he's ever been directed by anyone at the school to go after a specific recruit. He insists no. We asked him if he's ever negotiated a deal or tried to use a deal to lure an athlete to Miami and he says no he's not he's not going to break the rules in order to engage in a in a business deal with a college athlete he says he's he's playing it by the book presumably that's what he told the NCAA investigators when they showed up on his doorstep nobody has come forward with any evidence that John Ruiz is playing outside the rules as they are currently drawn up I know the rules and 
I'm not gonna break a rule because first of all, I don't believe in it. And especially I'm not gonna put my name out there to break rules because winning is just not that important to me. And then what's more important to me is, is winning the game of life, not winning, winning a game of basketball or football or whatever the case may be. And so the rules as they are drawn up, as murky as they are, I know, you know, agents and lawyers, they're also swimming around here somewhere. How do they see John Ruiz? Well, they're the people who are reaching out to him the most. And, and you know, as a practical matter, that's who he says he hears from. 95% of our players are already at the school when we give them a deal. The other players have learned about LifeWallet. So I get contacted by lawyers and agents probably at least 20 to 30 times a week from all over the country. They understand what we do. And everyone that you speak with, if they're ever in here, they're gonna tell you Ruiz's proposition is, listen, those kids need to you pick whichever school they're gonna go to. So we give you know deals with kids all over the country. He hears weekly from agents dozens of times a week, he says, mm. 20 to 30 times a week, who are interested in trying to broker deals or potentially broker deals for athletes. That's the world we are now living in. And so the order of operations here, John, in the case of Nigel Pack, again, to use that as a case study in specific, I mean, the timestamps of those announcements on Twitter, it suggests that the negotiations here are at the very least happening in concert with athletes as they consider schools. But I guess the question that's even larger above all of this is just how do you even regulate this? If you were to try, as the NCAA presumably is considering, to try and regulate this. You know, one of the people we also spoke to for our report was Gabe Feldman, who runs the sports law program at Tulane University. And you know, Feldman essentially told us that this is a, a period during which there's little or no regulation. He said, you know, you can basically pick your analogy. It's like driving 100 miles on the interstate knowing there are no cops. Mm. Uh, now, look, what John Ruiz has done did get the attention of the NCAA. They did launch an inquiry. They did go to Miami and talk to him about the deals that he's engaged in. Uh, to our knowledge... You know, nobody found anything incriminating. And if, you know, if they did, they're not exactly broadcasting it to us. Uh, <laughs> but, but look, John Ruiz did not get where he is without being a very smart individual. Uh, you know, he's a, he's, right. a skill, he's a skilled litigator. He understands the law. The reality is the NCAA just doesn't have that many rules relating to all of this. Part of the reason is they are deathly afraid of being the target of an, of an antitrust suit. Mm. But the few mm. rules they do have, you know, schools can't direct boosters to strike NIL deals with athletes to lure those athletes to the school. And you can't use an NIL deal to entice an athlete to a school. Ruiz says he is operating within those guardrails. So I think the NCAA has, you know, its own internal challenge. How do we deal with a brand new law reconcile it with existing laws, with the existing pattern of how we used to do stuff, and basically it's been less than a year. And I think they're starting to figure out what are they gonna do. You know, it's almost like being on a cruise ship. You know, you can't just turn uh, directions and go from one uh, degree to, you know, 90 degree just like that. It's gotta be slowly, and I think that's what's happening. 
Yeah, John, it just seems like John Ruiz, if nothing else here, is ahead of the curve and that the NCAA is sort of caught trying to figure out, do we catch up with him? Do we stop him? Are we supposed to stop him? Well, look, Ruiz would say at least he is asking these athletes to give him something in return. There is a quid pro quo. This isn't a situation where athletes are just being handed a check. They are being asked to perform services on behalf of his companies. What does that mean in the real world? Well, that means appearing in commercials. That means in posting on social media, posting on TikTok, Instagram, using their social media platforms to promote his business. Yeah, these commercials, John, like where are they? Where are they air? What, what's it like to make one of them? Well, we were there when uh, two of them were being shot at John Ruiz's Coral Gables mansion. J.C. Hinton, a swimmer for the Miami Hurricanes, taped a commercial. And later that same day, Nigel Pack and a few of his teammates uh, also taped a commercial at a basketball court at John Ruiz's home. And when I decided to come to Miami, I knew I had to pack, including my life wallet. You know, these were not, you know, high-budget productions. The life wallet gives you that extra layer of protection. But it was a legitimate commercial, and the venue for it, it's its its essentially running primarily on social media, uh, and it gets amplified by these students, some of whom have considerable followings. I think athletes are really wanting to come to the U a lot more just because they see the NIL opportunities. It is through that method that Ruiz promotes his businesses and makes the point that by investing in NIL deals with these young people, he's getting a return on his investment. Coming up, John Ruiz versus the biggest name in college sports. Delicious meat nutritious. In the snack that packs a real protein punch, wonderful pistachios, one of the highest protein nuts out there. Each one-ounce serving has six grams of protein, giving you over 10% of your daily value. Trust me, I've been eating them like there's no tomorrow all week. Wonderful pistachios also come in a variety of flavors and sizes, perfect for enjoying with your family and friends or taking them with you on the go. And you, like me, are on the go a lot, taking the kids to school, hopping from meeting to meeting, shopping for groceries, whatever it may be. Well, the good news is, not only are Wonderful Pistachios a complete protein providing all nine essential amino acids, they're also great for all your adventures. So whether you're a pistachio purist who loves cracking open every nut, or you prefer the convenience of no-shells pistachios, Wonderful Pistachios has got you covered. Grab Wonderful Pistachios and elevate your snack game today. Visit WonderfulPistachios.com to learn more. Now let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue, and ready for the play. And boom, Añejo Tequila came in with the smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good. The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky. 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely. Drink wisely. So, John, I do want to mention that the ethics, the morality of paying athletes is not 
something that I am scandalized by or even really objecting to. I'm just trying to understand, like, where does John Ruiz fit into this landscape that seems to be ever-evolving and only vaguely regulated? Like, as a law enforcement, as a rule enforcement perspective, where does he fit into the larger picture here? Well, again, one of the people we spoke to for our report was Gabe Feldman, the director of the Sports Law Institute at Tulane University. And Professor Feldman told us that at least John Ruiz is expecting these athletes to engage in a quid pro quo. There are other entities in the collegiate sport landscape, notably the the collectives, whereby a number of wealthy individuals pool their financial resources, and then athletes are then paid from the collective. And the concern is that that is essentially pay for play, whereas what Ruiz is doing is actually getting a service for his money. Yeah, I see headlines about a new collective at SMU, for instance, John, just this month. Um, What does John Ruiz make of what those people are doing? Well, he's not a fan of the collectives at all. You know, he, he stressed to us repeatedly that they expect these players, these athletes, to fulfill the terms of their contracts, to actually provide services, to show up for commercial shoots, to post on social media, to basically provide the services that they are contractually obligated to provide. Whereas the SMU deal you you talked about, that's a situation where players are making in the neighborhood of $36,000 a year And there's no apparent quid pro quo. They're not providing Mm. anything for that money. So that is essentially pay for play. And that takes us one step closer to colleges essentially paying athletes a salary to perform on the field or on the court. Right, which opens all sorts of larger questions that the NCAA obviously is desperately trying to contain. But what you're saying here, John, in so many words, is that John Ruiz's most plausible deniability is actually just his own self-interest as a businessman. He wants to get something out of the kids, the athletes, the young people that he is paying beyond just, you know, having them attend the school that he loves. That's right. And Look, if you're John Ruiz, it's sort of a win from all sides, right? Because yes. your your name is in the papers. You're being covered by national media outlets like ESPN. And you have a number of athletes, top-level athletes, going to the school that you love. <laughs> well, one possible downside, John, if I may suggest it, is that Nick Saban apparently talked some amount of trash about John Ruiz recently. And this was back in May when he was also making those now infamous remarks about Jimbo Fisher and Texas A&M allegedly buying players, which Jimbo Fisher, of course, a former employee colleague of Nick Saban, publicly refuted and publicly got furious over. But in that same press conference speech, Saban clearly referenced the University of Miami and John Ruiz. I mean, these guys at Miami that are going to play basketball there for $400,000, it's in the newspaper. The guy tells you how he's doing it. But the NCAA can't enforce their rules because it's not against the law. And that's an issue. That's a problem. And, And unless we get something that protects them from litigation, I don't know what we're going to do about it. What did Ruiz tell you about that? Well, we asked him about it and, you know, look, he said he welcomes the opportunity to answer his critics. 
He was defensive about it, and he said flat out he felt like Coach Saban disrespected him. I just think that that's sort of a little disrespectful um, because I would not be opining publicly about something dealing with college football because I'm not at his level. Uh, and he's not at my level when it comes to law and when it comes to business. Uh, because that's not what he's been involved in. It's not that he's not a smart gentleman, but he's just not involved in it. I don't get involved in stuff that I don't have experience with. And I'm also the type of guy, I'm the nicest guy in the world, but you don't want to cross my path. Because when you do, then all bets are off. Because I'm very competitive and I don't like people to say things that aren't true. Yeah, that part just then where Ruiz says, I'm the nicest guy in the world, but you don't want to cross my path. Because when you do, then all bets are off. That, that part... That, that that feels like a direct shot of its own. Listen, this is not a guy who backs down from fights. He made a fortune bringing on fights. Yeah, it seems like Saban may have been broadcasting those opinions from a very shiny glass house. It, look, college coaches will tell you that the toughest part of their job is recruiting, right? It's selling uh, a high school senior or junior on the idea of coming to commit to their school. And uh, that that is a constant battle. And it just got more messy, a lot more messy. You know, it's, it's the John Ruiz's of the world that potentially level the playing field a little bit. And I guess if you're, you know, Alabama and has, have enjoyed that much success through the years, anything that sort of shakes the foundation of the recruiting world uh, gets your attention. And look, in Ruiz's defense, I suppose, I also wonder, like, why Sabin cares so much. I mean, I recall, John, that early in the name, image, and likeness sort of news cycle, we got the story of Bryce Young, who was, of course, the eventual Heisman winner at Alabama, but he made headlines in July of 2021 because he had signed this million-dollar deal an NIL deal before he even got his first start in Tuscaloosa. So what do you think Saban's beef is really about here? I don't know. Uh, you could make a case that there's a fair amount of hypocrisy going on because the reality of the situation is there's not a player on the Miami roster, football, basketball, or any other sport, who's poised to make as much as Bryce Young this year. Um, mm. And, you know, look, I understand Nick Saban's point, and I don't think he intended to necessarily pick on John Ruiz or Jimbo Fisher. Uh, you know, his beef might be with the system and the way it's drawn up, but for him to cast stones when his own program offers up examples of players who are equally taking advantage of the system the way it's drawn up uh, seems a, a tad hypocritical. And so Nigel Pack, the guy we started the show with, the guy who is profiting from this system that is apparently somewhat scary to Nick Saban, who obviously preferred the stability for personal reasons of the old one. What does Nigel Pack say about the role that Ruiz's money played in convincing him specifically to come to Miami? Well, he claims it wasn't about the money. And remember, this is a guy who's going to make $400,000 a year for two years. So $800,000 plus a car to go from Kansas State to Miami. It didn't have any impact at all. I mean, obviously, I didn't know anything about the deal until after. Um, but 
you know, there's a lot of other incentives that came into me choosing Miami, like Coach L, like uh, my teammates that I was going to be playing with, like the ACC conference. There's a bunch of other things that I, I really cared about more than uh, NIL deals. And so how do we tell, John, if it's not about the money to Nigel Peck and it's not about being a booster to Miami to John Ruiz, how do we know if this whole plan, if this whole operation is working? Well, John Ruiz and his associates would say that it is working, that Life Wallet, MSP Recovery, these business entities that he has have now become far more well-known because of his NIL deals with athletes, primarily Miami athletes. But I mm. guess I would ask you, Pablo, prior to looking into this story, did you know what Life Wallet was or MSP Recovery? <laughs> no, I had never heard about this company outside of the context of NIL and the University of Miami. Well, that sort of proves the point. The reality is we're talking about it now. John Ruiz, through entering into NIL deals with these athletes, has managed to get a considerable amount of media attention. He does seem to subscribe to the old adage that any publicity is good publicity, even bad publicity is good publicity. So look, you know, he's invested $7 million. He's said publicly that he's willing to dedicate $10 million to this NIL enterprise. And beyond that, I think his company has taken the position that they're going to assess whether it makes sense for them to continue to invest in this way in the future. But they believe it's working. And uh, I guess the proof will be in the pudding. And also, John, in the number of podcasts, I imagine, that wind up having to explain what Life Wallet actually is. Indeed. And also, maybe the fortunes of the Miami football team this fall, or the basketball team this winter, for that matter. John Barr, thank you for helping us swim through these very murky waters. You are quite welcome. I'm Pablo Torre. This has been ESPN Daily, and I'll talk to you tomorrow.